Mm. There is no way you're going to be able to forgive other people because you don't even know what forgiveness is. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Can you define forgiveness for that one listener in the back that's like, wait a minute, I think she she might be talking to me. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what forgiveness isn't. So let me ask you, Marv, what do you, in your mind, or what have you been taught forgiveness is? And why do you think people have a hard time forgiving? Forgiveness is whatever someone did that hurt you is to let bygones be bygones. And in the spiritual world, you know, it's like to say, give them the other cheek. So you just oh. move past it and keep it moving. Yo, what's going on? It's DJ Brainstorm. Yo, Black Paco on this thing. This has been Joy. This is Gabby. This is Talk It Out. Yo, what's good? It's your boy Q from Chopping Over Q and the Critical Dub Network, and you are tuned in. Yeah. It's official, man. Now here's your host, D. Let's do it. Yes, world. I, I just know what it is. It's when you're being authentic and genuine, you continue to bring in great guests, dope guests, first time guests to this wonderful platform where we have just being able to pregame with this particular guest. I'm not going to give it all out because she's going to provide in detail in depth of forgiveness. But when you talk about a life and relationship coach, someone that wanted to just help and transform millions, if I'm not mistaken, she said 10 million 10 million lives to also help you heal provide miracles and just let you know that no matter what we are facing you can always get through it and there's something positive from it but it goes back to what she's going to provide in depth forgiveness but world i'm not going i'm gonna cut my my introduction short because i know you guys like murph we want to hear this guest yes world we have mrs janelle green to the flagrant too. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Marv. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. I think it's it's important one that we're not having enough of that we don't understand, and I think is the yes. barrier barrier to love, happiness, joy, peace, all the things that we want. Come on. And another thing I was going to add, and if I believe it's going to come up, is childhood trauma. You brought that up well in your bio from um, the site. And I just wanted to hit on that as well, because a lot of things we do as adults, we yeah. still not healed or we still didn't address from our childhood to where we carry that baggage or carry that unknown or unknown answers for a very long time. And some even, you know, to their grave. So, again, thank you for. You know, being an expert and someone I have experience to help share and help heal to add to that 10 million on this platform. Yeah, you know, I think I think COVID was both a curse and a blessing. I think it it allowed a lot of us to wake up, you yeah. know, and wake up from the emotional numbness, wake up from the unworkability of our lives. And I think that you know, one of the things I've realized is that if I want to make the difference that I want to make, 
I have to be willing to say the things that maybe people don't want to hear, but they need to hear. To hear, yeah. Right? And so one of the things that, you know, you just mentioned, you know, as a childhood trauma, so many of my clients come to me saying, you know, I've got this problem with my relationship. It's not working. I feel disconnected. I don't trust them. And always my first question is I flip it to them. I say, Mm -hmm. well, what is that you don't trust about yourself? Where do you feel disconnected to yourself? Because it's so easy to look out in the world and say, there's the problem out there. It's my mom. It's my, right? It's my, my job. It's my body. Well, what if it was actually even closer to that? What if it was something that, that first of all, you don't even know is there. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of is a great segue into kind of where my journey started, you know, my, so my dad passed away when I was 24. I'm going to jump a little bit because there's so much to say, but I think this is where is the perfect place to start. My dad died when I was 24. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm still single. And my mom got married at 24. And for a lot of women who are listening to this, they can really relate to what I'm about to say. But around that time, we start to worry about Oh crap, am I going to get married? Okay, it's time. I got a clock is ticking. I need to go quickly find someone. And for me, you know, sitting back now in hindsight, you know, hindsight's always 2020. Oh, really for sure. Seeing, yeah, for me seeing that I didn't actually get married for the right reasons. And I think a lot of people can re- relate to this is like we're afraid of being alone. We fear that we're unworthy. We fear, you know, we, we don't want to be single because that might mean that we're like a loser and how would people see right. us? And so we get into relationships that maybe we're not ready for without doing our due diligence because we just are so afraid of being alone. And I feel like that was who I was, was someone was like, if I don't say yes now, who will? And so maybe this is my only chance and I'm even though it's not exactly what I'd hope for I'll make it work. I always do. That's what I do. I survive. You know? And so I got into this relationship very quickly and and got married very quickly. And when now I, I want to add. Hmm. Remember also Janelle with pregame you said about your faith. Yes. You know, it's like once you get married as a Catholic, it's no yeah. such thing as that D word. You no. want to figure it out. So you, I want to make sure figure it out. I want to add that substance to yeah. what you were talking about, but give them a different perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. And so up until that point, you know, if you asked me about divorce, I'd be like, oh, it's terrible. Like, none. That's giving up. You know, I had a, a judgment about it because I'd never been there before. Mm-hmm. And then I found myself in that place where I'm like lying in bed, staring at the ceiling beside someone that I did not even want to feel their skin beside me because I was so mm-hmm. repulsed and thinking, how did I get here? <laughs> and is this the rest of, is this what the rest of my life is going to look like? And I was only like in my mid twenties, mm. you know, and I'm a, I'm a God fearing woman. And so it was like, God, is this it? Like, is this what you had planned for me? Are you sure about this? And so I stuck it out for about uh, three-ish years, probably two and a half years oh. too long. Actually, no, three years too long. I knew the I knew the week we got back from our honeymoon that there was yeah, it was like he had become 
it was like you've been wearing a mask and all of a sudden we came home from the the honeymoon and the mask came off and so all the things he did that contributed to the strength of our marriage or our relationship was gone mm. so it became almost like a parent-child relationship then rather than a partnership and so again i even though i got married to not be alone i had never felt so alone which was the mm. irony of it and so um i i met so, so it was about three about three years and while this was happening um i had this friend who i worked with mm-hmm. who is now my husband mm-hmm. and okay. so while i was while i was going through this i had this friend who i who lived 5000 miles away from me didn't know what he looked like he was just this person who held space for me who was kind of like my confidant and because he didn't know me he didn't know my family he didn't know my friends it felt really safe and he was a great listener and through speaking with him i just realized how unhappy i was and how mm-hmm. i longed for someone who would just listen to me cuz i didn't feel i didn't feel heard in my marriage i felt very much like he was the man man and i was the mm-hmm. little wife who just had to go with whatever he said and as you probably can tell that's not who i am i am not the, the quiet <laughs> shy wife who's just going to okay. sit and just everything you know yeah so and so i um i started to fall in love with this stranger i started to think about him and at this point i had already told my my husband that i was unhappy but he didn't want to leave mm. and so we were just kind of living this i don't know this roommate life if you will and then um i met this man who i'd never seen and he just he just tugged at my heartstrings and we but it was you know i was here he was there i was married you know he was single and but then all of a sudden the stars would align and we would meet as friends and realize mm-hmm. like wow there was something there and mm-hmm. so here i am actually our anniversary is next week it's going to be 17 Ooh. years wow congratulations Thank you. And I tell you I have won the lotto when it comes to partners. The second time around was 100 times better than the first time. But nice. I think I learned a lot. I learned a lot in that first round that had me be the kind of person that can now lovingly receive the kind of love that Michael, my husband now, gives me where I think before because I didn't love myself because I hadn't healed the trauma of my dad leaving and cheating on my mom when I was 9 if I hadn't healed that I don't think I would have ever been open to being with someone who was a quote unquote good guy because up yeah. until then I love the bad guys the one who were challenges the one who would cheat on me yeah. the ones that would lie to me and then sitting there and going what is it about me that I attract these kind of people. Like what I notice mm-hmm. the pattern. And I think for a lot of people we don't notice the pattern. We just think, oh, this is just men are just terrible. Men are just liars. You know whatever, right? Whatever story we have rather than pausing and going, okay, let's take responsibility for a second. What yeah. is what is it about me? And so that's where I started this work was 20 years ago and asking the question What is it about me that my life goes this way? 
And so I, that was the time I finally took the moment to address my childhood trauma. So, you know, this is why I like to talk about it because people don't think about that. They think, oh, you know, nothing. Like, I wasn't raped when I was a kid. Like, it wasn't terrible, right. but it's, it's not even about that. You know, even as a child, I think about getting really good grades and how my parents praised me so much for being the smart, obedient child. Nothing wrong with that. But as an adult, we, we forget who we are and we start to create our identity based on what other people say we are for them rather than who we are for ourselves. And so we start getting into the cycle of people pleasing, being inauthentic feeling like an imposter. And then we wonder why we're so miserable and why our soul cries. We got to listen to that. Now I got a question, especially for that one listener in the audience, like, okay, Merv, Janelle, she, 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 she preaching, <laughs> but what steps did she apply to get through the childhood trauma with her mom and dad's situation? And then from the divorce, how did what did she do was it therapy was it whatever mm. what did she do to prepare herself for her husband mike to this day yeah to be honest the first thing i did is i actually did the seminar it's one of the best um, programs out there it's one of the largest personal development training companies uh tony robbins has done it um many monks have done it um it's called landmark and it's a three-day event and really it was like, okay, where it was, it, it's kind of putting a pause on everything and just looking at your thoughts. Where did those thoughts come from? Looking at your emotions, where did they come from? We think that we just feel things and think things like randomly, but they're actually feeds. They're programs that were installed in us when we were young. So depending on how we grew up, depending on what we were told, um, for those that love neuroscience, I, I like to talk about the subconscious mind. Between the age of two and five years old, we are all subconscious. We have no logical sense in us. And so if our parents tell us that we're good or we're bad or we're dirty or we're, you know, whatever judgments people told us, we just accepted it. We didn't question it. And so now here we are 40, 50, 60 years later with the same thing that that one person said 45 years ago that we were like, but that's who I am. It's like, well, who said? Because they said? Right. And so this program really asks us to stop and, well, if that's who we were, who are we now? And more importantly, who do we want to become? Okay. Instead of being stuck in this, oh, I'm that kid that was bullied at five. I'm that kid that was molested when she was six. I'm that, you know what I mean? I'm that kid whose dad left her when she was nine. That's how we relate to ourselves. We don't have to relate that way, but because we weren't taught how to question, how to, like you said, shift that, we're stuck. And so in order to get unstuck, first of all, you gotta take responsibility. You gotta just like mm -hmm. accept it. I have this, my, my clients will tell you, this is my most popular motto, if you will. And it goes like this, pain and suffering only exist when you resist what is so and i'll say that again pain and suffering only exist when you resist what's so the world is, is spinning about there's nothing wrong it is in our human mind that we decide that there's something wrong like what's wrong with rain that's what the world does but yet we have we see that as a problem oh no it's raining 
right? And so it's about how do we stop resisting life? I shouldn't be this way. My partner shouldn't be this way. My finances shouldn't be this way. And this that energy of resistance is exhausting. And when we can just be like, hey, you know what? Those were my parents. They did the best they could. This is my body. You know, it is what it is. My finances, I can be responsible for that. I'm the only one who racked up those credit cards. When we can start from that place, that is where the power lies, is owning it. But it is in the, no, no, it's their fault. No, no, it's the government. No, it's like, what, what is that going to do for you? Right? So, and, it, and you know, I'm not saying that this is easy to do. I'm just saying, if you want yourself to change, if you want to be, if you want to have different results in your life, you have to Absolutely. be different. You cannot be the same person you were yesterday being today and expecting a different kind of life. You're just going to repeat what you've always repeated until you make a conscious effort to change. Now, the problem is change is hard because change occurs outside of our comfort zone. Mm. Change occurs in the blind spot, which is uncomfortable, which is fearful. And as humans, we love comfort. We love certainty, predictability. And so that's why so many people. Yeah. yeah. And that's why so many people, even though they want to change, even they want to lose that 50 pounds, they can't do it. Because they're, they haven't shifted their mind to be one that has lost the 50 pounds. They're still in the mind of the 50, person who's over 50 pounds. And so this, and you know, again, it sounds easy. And that's why people like me exist because we help people stay accountable. But that's also why personal trainers are so popular because we all yeah. know that we're not reliable to push ourselves to the level <laughs> that we know we're capable of. Absolutely. And so that's what I do for people except in relationships, starting with the relationship with themselves. And that's actually the most important relationship of all. If you cannot have forgiveness for yourself, mm. there is no way you're going to be able to forgive other people because you don't even know what forgiveness is. And that's what I was going to say. Can you define forgiveness for that one listener in the back? That's like, <laughs> wait a minute. I think she, she might be talking to me. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what forgiveness isn't. So let me ask you, Marv, what do you, in your mind, or what have you been taught forgiveness is? And why do you think people have a hard time forgiving? Forgiveness is whatever someone did that hurt you is to let bygones be bygones. And in the spiritual world, you know, it's like to say, give them the other cheek. So you just oh. move past it and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. that's how it was defined to me as a youngster now I look at forgiveness totally different obviously even though I might forgive you that doesn't mean I have to be close to you be friends with you it's something right. forgiveness is for me to heal and to progress to the next phase or the next steps in my life that is what forgiveness is exactly so many people think forgiveness is either saying that what they did was okay like letting them off the hook Mm -hmm. like you said, it says that, oh, if I forgive them, that means I have to be friends with them or I have to let them allow, allow them back into my life. And then the third myth is that forgiveness is about forgetting, pretending, avoiding, pretending it didn't happen. That's and that one. are the reasons why people are not able to forgive. But to your point, forgiveness has nothing to do with anyone else but yourself 
to free yourself from the emotional Amen. prison that you put yourself into. So this is a great time for me to share. Can I share my story about when I was nine? Absolutely. Okay. So I grew up in a pretty much perfect home. My parents, like my parents were such great role models of what partnership is. They went to church together, they cleaned together, they even had a business together, they laughed together, you know, and as Filipinos, we always have like family and food and music and they just beautiful. And then around the time of, I turned nine, um, my dad had an affair with my mom's best friend, got her pregnant, she lived in our basement. Oh. And he decided that he was gonna be with them. And being the eldest of three children, I feel like I was kind of my mom's sidekick. Like I remember, <laughs> my mom is such a badass. I remember being inside of their house, or sorry, outside of their house, my dad and his girlfriend with my mom in a stakeout. Like we went out at four in the morning and we just like waited outside their house. And so finally they come outside <laughs> and I remember my mom, remember my mom saying, stay in the car. I'm like, okay. Anyway, my mom goes out, confronts her, punches her in the face, blood air everywhere. My dad's like trying to hold her down, trying to get this girl to run. Like that is one of the, <laughs> one of the youngest memories I have, but that says something. Like, what does that say to a psyche of a nine-year-old about that moment, right? These are the little moments that we embed in our mind and we start to make, create decisions and beliefs about life, about people, mm -hmm. you know? And so uh, fast forward, my dad, three years later, comes back. And he says to my mom, um, I'm sick and I can't work and I need you to take care of me. Mm. And my mom said, yes. And she said, under two conditions. And my mom is a strong woman. This woman is not a, I am I am her doppelganger. So if you know me, feel me, she is wow. like this. She's a strong woman. Anyway, so she says, I'll take you back under two conditions. Number one, we never talk about this ever again. We forgive and we just let it go. Number two, you never go back there. If you are here, you are here. You cut all ties with the other side. And my dad said, okay. And for the next 13 years before he died, actually it was more than 13, probably about more than 15. 15 years before he died, we had the best family. He started wow. going to church again. He went to church every day because he couldn't work. He started to be home because my mom would work and he'd stay home because again, he was doing dialysis. He was waiting for a kidney transplant. So he was cleaning the house. He was taking care of us, all our meals. He became the best father, best husband that anyone could ever imagine. And when he died, we were there right beside him. But you know, sitting back and thinking, what if my mom never forgave him? How much would we have missed what would it have been like to just hear that my dad passed away? Not being there with him, not be able, being able to say my peace and saying, I'm sorry, and I forgive you, and I love you. Like, I'm a, I was a daddy's girl. And I remember, so talking about generational trauma, I'm just going to rewind for a sec. I remember standing at the window 
in my PJs. It's nighttime. I'm pretty sure it was winter. I remember thinking there was snow outside. Being nine years old, watching your father leave into a car you don't recognize with just two bags. In my landmark forum, what I discovered was three things. I made the decision that number one, I'm unlovable. That became true in that moment. Whew, I'm getting emotional. Number two, I can't trust anybody because they're going to leave me. Mm. And number three, everybody I love will eventually leave. And so no wonder my life went the way it went. No wonder I met the men and shacked up with the men that I shacked up with inside of those beliefs. But the crazy thing is I didn't even know that they were running the show. They were so, they were humming in the background so low that I couldn't even hear it. And it wasn't until I stopped and listened and really took the time to allow the hurt and allow the pain to, to, to actually be with that emotion. Cause we've been taught, don't be strong, be strong, no crying. Yeah. And holding all of that in. And it was, that was the first time in my forum that I actually admitted and allowed to feel all those things. And to actually feel anger for my dad. Cause I hadn't allowed myself to feel angry. I was like, no, I have to forgive him. He's my dad. I love him. But I actually hadn't dealt with like, shit, you, you, ru you ruined our family. You hurt my mom. You hurt me. And how could you, how could you go to the, to her? And so, you know, I'm even still, you know, here we are 20 years later. There's like, you can tell it still affects me, yeah. but I've got to a point of compassion and forgiveness that First of all, God makes no mistakes. And I can see in that place, I always look for how can I see something that is happening that is terrible? And how can I see that as a gift? How can I see this as an opportunity or a lesson that God is trying to teach me in order to become a more loving, compassionate, and peaceful person? And so that's the work I've been doing. And I think all of us have some version of that that we've been holding on to that if we actually made peace with that we would have very, very different lives. And so let me talk about peace for a second. So many, when I ask clients, what are, what is the one thing you want in your life? One thing, the top two answers is happiness and peace. And it sounds simple, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's just have some happiness and peace. Yeah. But the problem is, is that in order to have love and peace and happiness, you got to learn to forgive. There is no such, you cannot love and all have all that without forgiveness because we're human. And again, forgiveness, not just for other people, more importantly, forgiveness for ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, I, I really wanted to share that because I feel like we don't talk about that enough. And, you know, a lot of yeah. people who know me, they look at me on the outside and like, wow, Janelle, you have such a great life. You've got this great business and you got this great relationship. And oh my gosh, you're so lucky. But we all have our, our shadow side. We all have stuff we're all dealing with. And so if we can remember that, then when we look at someone, we go, oh my gosh, I hate you because your life is so perfect. You have everything that I want. Consider that's not true. And, and when we can remember that about each other, maybe we can have more empathy, more understanding, more patience, more compassion for where we are all in our, in this path of life. World, 
Janelle not only got emotional, she kept it going. That is symbolic. If I'm going to go there, it's my spiritual side kicking in. No matter what, you still kept going through answering the questions. You didn't say, hey, can I get a sec? I was open to giving you that time. And it wasn't edited. Well, it was I'm getting emotional and she kept it going. And that's a huge symbol to show you the resilience of Janelle. Things that she's faced. She she kept it. She kept it. She kept going. She 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 didn't stop. And that is for including myself. If you just keep going, don't stop. Keep going. Don't stop. In addition to getting better, that professional development, in addition to that forgiveness, which Janelle hit on. You can go back and rewind the show, check the notes. And the next part of this is Murph, where can we find Janelle? Where's her business? Where's what like I want to be a client? You have we we haven't even talked about your entrepreneurial <laughs> journey. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that's a whole, that's another major. Right, I know, but I'm just saying, like the listeners, like, oh my gosh, like I keep yes. hearing clients, we haven't talked about her business, we just getting to know her, and I would like to just add to that, you can always come back so we can go in more depth of what made you decide to, you know, come up yeah. with your name, come up with an entrepreneur, what were you doing before, because for today, particular yeah. show, forgiveness professional development and just things that you can do so you can have that life that we all dreamed of right yeah if you know if you're listening to this and you we know our soul knows when it's ready for transition when we're ready to evolve to the next version of ourselves that's where i was and that's when i decided to to leave corporate sales and do something more heart-centered um and if you're on that path you know i find around the age of 40 most people kind of question like, am I on the right path? Or am I just on the path that I've always been on and it's just the easiest, most comfortable, least resistance, but it doesn't light me up. Absolutely. And that's, and, and we, our life here on this planet is so short. This is not a practice run people, like make it count, right? Yes. And so, um, yeah, if you are someone that's for ready for that, that transition and you're looking for support, whether that is a relationship-based thing or just for your own career, whatever it is, and you need that love and that support and you want to change, but you're like, how do I do that without risking almost like a feeling of like failure, if you will, I can be reached at JanelleGreen.com. An easier way of getting to me is saveourmarriage.ca. And so I work with individuals as well as couples. And um, yeah, and even though people come to me for relationships, I always start with the relationship with themselves. I said, okay, Mm. you're not happy in your relationship. How's your health? How's your self-care? Do you laugh? Do you have a goal for your life? Or are you just coasting, like kind of numbing out and just kind of coasting? So a lot of times it actually has nothing to do with their marriage. Well, maybe a little bit, but what's happening in the marriage is only a symptom Mm. of a deep issue that they have within themselves. And sometimes we don't see that until someone kind of looks at us from the outside as an observer and say, huh, I know this pattern. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the end of the day, you know, I was given, I was given a message that I'm here to bring love and healing to the world. 
I don't know how that's going to happen. And I'm doing everything I can every single day to be that person for the world. And I want anyone who's listening to this is consider you have a gift that the world needs. And your job is to figure that out. Hopefully in this lifetime. Amen. Amen. It's a couple more questions before we both go. As I said, you're more than welcome. We can come back. We can have a whole nother topic and subject trust me this time's already flying i'm like wow yes <laughs> you talked about mom again shout out to mom again for being that strong and accepting the father of her three children her husband under the circumstances and you stated earlier how you know you from the first you know or relationship that you were cheated on was mom strength something that transferred to you when you was gaining your strength to you know deal with you know uh, a drastic change like that or it was something else yeah no you know what my mom has always been my inspiration my mentor the beautiful thing about my mom two things i want to say to her as far as giving her kudos number one She's never made me feel like I have to be someone I'm not. I don't have kids. And my whole family, it's like when I get my Facebook happy birthdays, I'm 46. I get Come happy on, birthdays and I go, happy birthday, Janelle. Hope you have a baby this year. <laughs> like I'm 46. But my, my mom has never put that on me. She's never said, this is who you need to be. Just right. be you. And I remember sharing with her that, you know, my husband and Mike and I had been talking about doing um, in vitro, mm. which here in Canada is very expensive. We're talking probably about 50 grand. And we had been contemplating this. And my mom said to me, Janelle, let God do his thing. If it's meant for you, it's meant for you. Don't, don't try to force his hand because his... This plan is perfect. And if it's meant for you, it'll come. So don't worry about it. And so I found peace in that. And like, okay. And, you know, someone once said to me, you know, maybe you're not meant to birth a child, but you're meant to birth something even greater, a cause. And this was said to me like 30 years ago. And here I am now I'm going, hey, this is it. This is it. The second thing I would say to my mom is that she never really told us how to be good people she was just an example mm. of good people so yeah, give you a quick example my mom called me today at 10 in the morning and she says hey i've got some soup for you i was like oh thank you that's so sweet she's like i'm gonna come drop it off she says i just made soup for my entire church and we're doing a fundraiser to help the homeless and on Saturday, I'm going to go to the soup kitchen and go bring some more. Like, that's the kind of woman my mom is. And so I think, yeah, I think who I am and how I've been able to have the audacity and the courage to do things backwards or to just do it however I want to do it and not worry about what everybody else is doing, I think attributes to my mom because that's who my mom was in her family. She's the only one who did university. She's the only one who left the Philippines, right? She was the the trailblazer, if you will, in our family. And I feel like I've kind of taken that on from her. Nice, nice. And to, to mom's point, it is a cause. 
that you are blessing us that's bigger than your family yourself as i stated in the introduction to transform over 10 million lives that is a big cause so i want to make sure to what you were saying whether you have a child or not you still have a big cause and you're still doing the lord's work and blessing my platform and getting a pour into me under the circumstances so just i know you don't need it or maybe you do but that's the one i just met you to tell you that you're doing a great job keep up the good work and look forward to what's next from you janelle thank you Murph. appreciate that no problem no problem with a list like Murph, no we we gonna stop it right here because guess what she gotta come back with other things we can talk about I want to hear about the entrepreneurship journey. I want to know about, hey, what was that moment when you were in corporate sales to where you said, you know what? I'm done. But we're not going to, we're going to say that for next time. I know that's why y'all love me. That's why y'all love me. We got to keep you coming back. Duh. So (laughs) before we leave, um, Janelle, is there anything else you would like to add? Is it like a event or project that you would like for myself and my audience to, so, to support or be on the lookout for? Yeah, well, I don't know when this is going to be airing, but it's this is going to be a fairly regular thing is I'm going to be doing free workshops around forgiveness. Hmm. You know, we're not just going to talk about it. We're actually going to do work about it. We're actually going to sit down and look at what is it that we need to forgive ourselves for and others and actually start to release that i'm doing my first one in about a month but if you visit my website if you join my newsletter on my website you will get announcements about what i'm up to and uh yeah that's really all i want to share and if you if you if this calls to you and you're like yes janelle i am ready to take on my version 2.0 and i just need someone to hold space and love me while i go through that that's what i do Amen. 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 Hey, y'all, this is what happens when uh, you have Christ-like minded individuals who has great souls who put themselves to the side for a bigger cause. That's just what we do. And I just want to let them listeners know on the notes and the description, clearly you'll be able to find Janelle and her site and her company and more information about where to find her and how she can you know add to your life and for those first time listeners thank you for tuning in to have a listeners what's up y'all know what we do. you know what i mean what we do uh, you can find me on twitter and instagram at it's dmurf you can find the flagrant two pod on instagram at flagrant two pod underscore and check out the website leave a note kind of see what i've been up to at www.dmurfspeaks dot com hey y'all i know i know but guess what you can rewind this show play it over and over again tell a friend or tell a friend check out previous episodes but i promise you janelle and i will be back mark my words okay we got things to do on this great day as we can continue to pour into ourselves and get ready for the next time and for our other clients and things that we've already had scheduled for but we still wanted to make time and some sacrifice to give you this content for free. Make sure I add that part in there too. The world, y'all already know how I close the show. Don't lose yourself with life problems. Stay strong 
and fight the good fight. It's a lot going on day in and day out. Man, it's a grind. Don't lose the vision. Fight the good fight. Demurf, uh, you did it again. Setting trends like you wanted to win. Fighting a good fight, sick of the sins. Connecting dots now with all the pins. We just trying to be good men. Adore my wife and I love my kids. I never let them down, never let them frown. Never let a clown take a crown. Hit me because of brown, that's okay. I got the blood of a king. Saw it in the dream, ain't all with a scene. Try to turn us to fiends. We drown in the streams while we chasing that dream. It's all about the dollar bill, y'all. And stop chasing that thrill, y'all. These beliefs trying to kill y'all. I'm just here trying to heal y'all. So listen as we work, dropping them gems now, rocking with D Murph. Tuning in as we get it in, so milling in, being better men, we so adamant about the culture. Sick of these vultures, we in the game now, watch how we coach ya. Keep your guns in the holster. Love is life, and that's how we approach it.